Glad to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Glad to have this guy back. He was uh, formerly a leader in the Republican Party in the U.S. House of Representatives from Iowa. It is uh, Steve King. Steve, how are you? Nice to meet you. Well, I'm doing fine. I'm home, and I see my grandchildren surrounding me, and I found out what home life was at like after about 24 years of public service, Joe. Yeah, 24 years of public service that I yeah. thought was was impeccable. By the way, he's got a brand-new book out. It's called Walking Through the Fire, and I want you to get it because – the story that I knew, Stephen, I don't think that I've, I'd ever interviewed you before. We might have crossed paths here and there, but I don't think we ever sat down. Um, I always thought that you were a, a straight shooter, good guy, conservative values, voted on American traditional values, and all of a sudden, you were the biggest bad guy in Washington, had to be stripped of all your leadership, and then you were shown the door. Was it as abrupt as I just made it? Well, it was, and I could see it coming a little bit before that. I don't know that the public could. But if I just put this into, into the schedule of how it happened, um, I, I stood on the principles that the swamp didn't want to see defended. And uh, when we came into the 2018 general election, my own party piled on and began to declare that I'm a white supremacist, a white nationalist, a racist. And when your own party, the chairman of the NRCC, whose job is to elect Republicans, yeah. attacked me and raised a million and a half dollars from my Democrat opponent in the last week of that election, uh, something was up. But I thought once I won that election, that it was over. And I got a warning two weeks later. They said they're going to try again and they're going to pick a lull in the media cycle. They believe they can pour all of the guns of the national media on you and force you to resign. And I, I knew what that plan was supposed to be, how it was going to be played out. And I set about preempting that. But when I, in the process of preempting, I set a signal and then they just pulled the trigger the very next day. And once that happened, it was there was nothing that could put that genie back in the bottle, Joe. Steve King is who we're talking to, former U.S. Representative, District Four Republican, great state of Iowa. Uh, what, what's amazing to me is that you did see it coming. Although a guy like me, I didn't see it coming. And, and here's what I mean: I interviewed the president in 2017 in the White House. I'm a big Trump fan. I'm a guy yeah. who wanted him to drain the swamp. You wanted him to drain the swamp. You were on the Trump team uh, in that you wanted to bring us back to American exceptionalism. You wanted uh -huh. America to be important again. And there was a faction in the swamp, and I even asked Trump this to his face. Did you expect it would be this bad? And he said, no, I really didn't. He said, I thought it would be bad, but, but I thought we would do some deals and we'd get it done and, and we'd get rid of these swamp monsters. It's more in, in, uh, in bread. It's more in depth there than anybody saw coming. So why take you out specifically? Were you a guy that was at his right hand and said, yeah, I like what Trump is doing? Is that, is that what the problem was? You weren't Paul Ryan enough? Well, I wasn't Paul Ryan enough, that's for sure. And um, it certainly was uh, standing up for and defending President Trump. And we had a good relationship kind of into that, into that point. Uh, but there were a whole number of things that were part of this. One of them is that here in Iowa, the first in the nation caucus state, I had a lot of leverage to help sort these presidential candidates when they're coming through. Right. The, the elitists did not want to see the, the leverage that was there. I, I was a national campaign co-chairman for Ted Cruz and Governor Branstead said anybody but Cruz. So it was all of his chips and mine on the table. Cruz won Iowa. Yeah. The next morning they were recruiting a primary opponent against me. Um, that's one piece of it. But I fought Obamacare harder than anybody else. And Paul Ryan capitulated on that. I defended the border better than more stronger than anybody else. And Paul Ryan uh, more or less killed the wall. And so they just, and, and by the way, Kevin McCarthy believes since I was one of a handful that pushed John Boehner out of the speaker chair, that I would never vote for him for speaker. And on that point, he was right. And that's what activated Kevin McCarthy 
to be the leader of the sheriff that led the political lynch mob of Steve King. Yeah, but Steve, why, why do Republicans do this? Democrats don't. Democrats circle the wagons. You've got Eric Swalwell slept with a Chinese spy for five years. No problem. He's still on committees. You've got um, uh, Adam Schiff who lied about Russia collusion over and over and over again. He's still on committees. You've got people who have lied. Uh, Jerry Nadler. Who, who did an, a complete about-face on impeachment, just lied about how he felt about Clinton compared to, to, to Trump. He's leading committees. Why is it that the Democrats always circle the wagons and the Republicans always look to attack each other? Well, the Democrats are definitely very good at coalescing and bringing their circle in their wagons, no matter what. Uh, if you saw the way they circled them around Bill Clinton when he was impeached, yes. that could tell you something as well. Um, but Republicans, there's two components to the Republican Party here, and that's the establishment elitist globalist wing of the party, and they, they are the ones that are the Republican half of the uniparty teaming up with the Democrats when one is going to, the other is going to be in charge. And it's just true that the establishment Republicans would rather defeat conservatives than and lose the majority than they would lose their control over the party to we the people, the grassroots. That, that is and sick. in fact, as evidence of that, when John Boehner was speaker and Eric Cantor was the majority leader, um, Eric Cantor's chief of staff would weekly address our chiefs of staff, my chief came back after one of those and he said, that chief, Eric Cantor's chief just told us that they love to beat conservatives. And that is what they did on the floor of the House. And that's why John Boehner had to go. And it's one of the reasons why Kevin McCarthy should never be the Speaker of the House. It's Steve King, former U.S. Representative, great state of Iowa. Um, go to steveking.com, S-T-E-V-E-K-I-N-G dot C-O-M. Get his book. It's called Walking Through the Fire, which is amazing. Let's get to the nitty gritty, Steve. Well, what is it that you actually said? And what is it that they said you said? Well, it was a 56-minute interview. There's no tape. There are no notes. So what was put into the into the New York Times by Trip Gabriel, who, I, who was assigned to write an article to use that to trigger against me, okay. he, he wrote that I had said, white, let's see, white, white supremacy, white nationalist, Western civilization, how did that language become offensive? And, of course, I was defending Western civilization, and I had never in the 20 years prior to that ever even uttered white nationalist or white supremacist. It didn't go through my mind. Right. But I had been defending Western civilization. When I said that language, that meant Western civilization. And there's also a Christian Science Monitor story that that interview was done before the Times or interview was done and posted afterwards that supports what I've just told you. And so I was defending Western civilization, and I was pointing out that the left had weaponized these terms from racist was getting worn out, so they were going to Nazi, white supremacist, white nationalist. And that's the point that I was making. Then I paused and said, but Western civilization, how did that become offensive? Right. And by the way, I read this into the congressional record with the best stenographers that there are anywhere. And I said, I'm going to give you a pause in the middle of this so that you can see how I would have said this had I uttered these words. I said it with a, with a pause, even warning them when the transcript came out, it was exactly like the New York Times. It's, uh, it's a former representative Steve King. So if I understand you're right, you weren't saying that white nationalism is good or it shouldn't be bad. You were saying when did those terms uh, become in the vernacular to be somehow uh, outcast and how did that somehow relate to Western civilization? Am I following you? Well, I'd say not exactly. I was just defending Western civilization. Yes. I, and, I, I, and I do that with you. I agree with you. Yeah. And, and, but they, I had already been attacked for, for defending Western civilization at the opening opening night of the Republican National Convention in Cleveland, right. 2016. I was there. I was on I was on a panel with Chris Hayes and uh, let's see April Ryan and Charlie Pierce, 
And at the end of that, just as they were wrapping up that little segment, Charlie Pierce said, well, one could be an optimist and hope that this is the last Republican convention where old white people have anything to say about it. Wow. And I couldn't let that close out without being the last word. And I said, Charlie, that's getting a little tired. I'm tired of hearing it. I'd invite you to explain to all of us what other subgroup subgroup has has contributed more. And Chris Hayes looked at me with a leer and he said, then white people. And I said, then Western civilization itself as defined by everywhere where the footprint of Jesus Christ laid the foundation for the civilization. And that then turned me into a white supremacist, a white nationalist, because I've learned since then that defending Western civilization is defending white people. And since then, anybody with white skin is defined to be a racist. So it all fits them for their way of thinking, and it sure doesn't fit for my logical mind, Joe. Steve, it's the first time anybody has seen or heard that on my show, that you were responding to somebody who literally was being an outright racist to you. The guy said, hopefully this is the last time old white people have something to say about it. That's completely and, and utterly racist. And they get away with it. Then Chris Hayes, who I'm guessing it's the same Chris Hayes who's that dorky-looking guy on MSNBC. And April Ryan's just a racist. Oh, my God. Everything, oh, she, yes. everything she writes is uh, how white people hate black people, which is just not true. Um, you, you were on a panel that they were just, they were just <laughs> shooting at you. And uh, you stood up for yourself. So you basically you, you, you re- gave a great retort to somebody who just basically said something extremely racist against you yourself, because I'm guessing he was assuming that you were one of these old white people, like I am, I guess, to, who needs to shut up. Well, that, that is what it was. And, and, and Joe, anyone in that, my position, a seated member of Congress, um, especially from, from Iowa and with the most conservative district in Iowa, you just cannot let those words pass. That when you let those words pass, they own a little more, and the ratchet goes back against us again and again yes. and again. And I've been defending free, freedom of speech and defending Western civilization for a long time. And in fact, um, that helped me move along a path to begin to put it, well, I actually begun to put in place in the pieces to, and I'm still on this mission to establish an international organization to restore Western civilization for the world. That'll take a university to start with. It'll take students and instructors exchanging back and forth, building these cells in uh, universities, right-thinking universities across our country, but across the Western world. And if we, there's nowhere to go now to find out what, what built this great civilization. Western civilization is the first world. Yeah. And if first world is going to be destroyed, and it absolutely is a target, then the second world is the Marxists, the communists. The third world are the people that are just survivalists. And uh, I don't want to fall into either one of those two. I want everybody to come up to the first world, actually. And everybody's trying to come up to the first world. Have you seen the border lately? Um, uh, obviously, yes, people are. are trying to get here because we've done it so right. And, and by the way, saying we- when you say Western civilization, I don't think white faces. But when, it, when you say Western civilization, I think of the modernity that we have in this country and that other countries are trying to, uh, to copy, rightfully so. I, I would want to be more like us, too. But our civilization includes every shade, every tone, every ancestry, every background. I'm Southern Italian, so I'm darker than you are. So what? Um, at the end of the day, why did somebody make that you saying white people or white supremacy? Did, did they do that, Steve? Because let me ask you this. And maybe this is a rude question, but were you too naive? Did you think that they would back you back at the house? Did you not realize they were looking for a reason? At that time in 2016, I didn't think there was any, there wouldn't be any reason. Here I was a candidate that three of my last four elections, I won without spending a dime, 60%. Wow. And I didn't buy a door hanger or a radio ad or anything. 
And um, so I was running along there defending the platform, moving the Overton window in the conservative direction, and it didn't cost the party a dime. Somebody has to be the vanguard. All they had to do was just follow along and be in that comfort zone inside that Overton window while I'm pulling it to the right. But instead, they turned on me. I didn't see it in 2016. I saw it in 2018, but I'm still stunned that they would willfully put together a plot like this to destroy my my seat, my reputation, and and uh, essentially cancel me. Well, at least for the nation, but it's actually to some degree globally. And uh, so that's why I wrote the book, Walking Through the Fire. I knew when this came down, uh, and what became the the cancellation, where everybody ran and hid. Uh, I knew the only way to get the truth out was to write the book. I sat here and I wrote that book carefully. I documented, I footnoted it. I had tapes, I had transcripts. I've been a, a, note, a habitual note taker for a long time. So right. the records were all there. And uh, no one, it's better to thousands of these books out now. And not one person has taken issue and challenged a fact or a statement that's in the, in the book. So I'd say at this point, you can believe everything in there. There's footnotes uh, that, that cover it all. And it's, it's too bad that it came to this. But when I walk around the streets here in, in western Iowa, I hear from people every day, thanks for serving us. You got a rotten deal. They railroaded you, the whole right. list of those things. And uh, I'm comfortable here in, in Iowa, and I don't know what they think in Washington, D.C. right now, but I can tell you what I think of what's going on there. I'll bet. It's uh, Steve King, former U.S. representative. Get this book. It's called Walking Through the Fire. Go to steveking.com. Uh, let me ask you a, a couple of things, uh, because when you said that they, they went after you, you didn't expect them to in 16. Well, we didn't know that Trump was going to win yet. So once Trump won and you, you became an ally, you then became not only expendable, but, but they had to get you out of the way. I've seen them on steroids now do to others what they did to you. Like, why would you ever, if you're Mitch McConnell, spend $9 million to take out the, the conservative candidate Chewbacca in Alaska and, and back Lisa Murkowski, who is very wishy-washy, very moderate? Why would you ever go after Blake Masters in Arizona? Why would you ever put money in against Carrie Lake in Arizona? They're, they're literally fighting against the conservative movement in this country, aren't they? And what you've just described, I think, is just proof that they would rather have we have rhinos and establishment and elitists in the party or lose the seat rather than have somebody like a Blake Masters or a or Carrie Lake that are going to stand on the principles that they ran for office on that stimulate those of us on the conservative and they're in the real Republican side. If they've proven it over and over again. When I look at where Kevin McCarthy's put money, he's up to $12, $13 million in the in the in the races that would would win a race for a rhino Republican, and if he got any money into a conservative at all, and he put a lot of money out there, um, it was just loose change in the conservatives' accounts. And that's um, and I looked at um, you, you heard the the interview on Tucker, yes, and I put out a number there on, for individual contributions um, that limited to a candidate. So if you uh, if you have an individual that wants to donate to your campaign and wants to donate the max. That would be $5,800 for a primary and general election and over a two-year period of time. The same, the, the party and the party machinery can draw down. The number I gave Tucker was $132 to one. But I went back and audited that and included the RNC, and it becomes $214 going into the party from an individual donor for every one that can go into an individual candidate. And that doesn't include the PACs, which they have set up in a multiple pack structure that I, I can't unravel it to give you that number on the packs. So there's no way that you, you no as chance. an individual, you can't, you can't compete. 
And so, so whatever, whatever they want is going to happen. Because we lost a couple of races here uh, in the Rio Grande Valley in Texas that we thought were going to be winners rather easily, and I think they were ignored. Lauren Boebert almost lost in her district in Colorado because there was no support at all. If you, if you stand 30,000 feet up, Steve, it's kind of obvious. These are America first conservative Trump people. They're MAGA people, and our own party is trying to get rid of them. How do you stop it? Well, we the people have to rise up. And the first thing is to get people informed so that they know what's going on. And still, they have to have, they've got to get rid of the apathy. They have to understand that if they're not willing to stand up and support these candidates from the grassroots level, if they do that, they can have their representatives. But the misinformation that's coming is so strong and so powerful. Yeah. We're in a really sad shape. And on top of that, we've got the election questions that come out with the, the voting machines and all of the manipulation that took place. Right. It, it's... Um, it is discouraging to try to put a strategy together in order to put the control of this country back in. But I will say this. If there's any one person that can do this, it's Donald Trump. Yeah. And if we get him elected in 2024, he will he will dig down and pull out all of those bodies that are buried that he knows. And there's no one that knows where more of them are than Donald Trump. There's no one with more of a motive to do it than Donald Trump. Right. There's people out there that I like that are presidential timber, and DeSantis is one of them. He would pull out some of those, but he would never go as deep as Trump will, and I don't think he would get it fixed. But that's, So that's why the morning that they raided Mar-a-Lago, that's when I decided I want to see Trump run again. Steve, oh, I'm frankly out of time. Do me a favor. Come back very soon. I want to talk more about McCarthy and more about the next Congress coming up yeah. and more about how we do get Trump in, uh, back into the office or, or at least you know, uh, enjoy our, our America First values again. It's Steve King. Go to steveking.com. Walking Through the Fire is the book. Will you come back soon? I sure will. Appreciate Just ping you. me and I'll be there, Joe. Just All right, brother. Quick notice like this one. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk very, very soon. Thank you so much. Yeah. We're back after Thanks this. A lot. Stay right here. Joe Pags. Abby, I really appreciate Steve coming on. Steve King will be back on soon because he's got a, a lot of insight into what's happening with this new Congress coming up. A lot of insight into Kevin McCarthy as well. And he's not so sure that Kevin McCarthy is going to be the speaker. It'll be very, very interesting to watch that fight unfold in the House of Representatives. Much more coming your way next hour, including Kay Smythe. We've got a couple of really dumb stories of the day as well. Keep it right here. This is the Joe Pegg Show.